0: Okay, welcome to the Believer's School of Ministry. We're with our friends in Hyderabad, India. Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless the Lord. you, guys. Amen. And today our lesson is on hearing the voice of God, lesson number 8 in the introduction to ministry uh series. And uh, this is a very, very important uh lesson and something that each of us need to grow in, including uh your teacher today. So, Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to hear your voice and to learn what your word says about hearing your voice. Thank you that we grow in the knowledge of you and that our ears are open. We get all the earwax out today so we can hear your voice clearly. We thank you for your blessing on those in Hyderabad that are uh, watching, listening, and those around the world that would watch through video and also through audio podcast. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and your power today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Uh, the purpose of this lesson is to create faith that you as a believer can hear the voice of God and to help you discern his voice and to act on what you're clearly hearing from the Lord. So, basically, two things there. Number one, that we would have faith that we can hear God's voice because uh, if we don't see it in God's word, it's not going to work. All the things of God work really through faith. Scripture says without faith it's impossible to please God. So uh, what we do is we read the word of God, and see what it says, and then it creates faith in our heart, and then we can act upon the word, and that's how God's power is released. And so this is just like any other area that we believe in what God has said, and then... It begun, it begins to function in our life. And I guess we've seen that principle, uh, throughout the various teachings that we've had, that all these things come to us, you know, by faith. And so, uh, we're just excited to learn more about hearing his voice. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Hear you, Lord. I hear your voice. I hear your voice. And you know me. And you know me. And I follow you. And I follow you. In Jesus' name.
1: In Jesus' name.
0: So the first point here is you can hear the voice of the Lord. Uh, we see that in Genesis chapter three, verses one through eight, that. Satan came in the garden and tempted Adam and Eve, and they ate the fruit that God said that they should not eat. It tells us in chapter 3 that they, uh, the voice of God was walking in the garden. In other words, Adam and Eve, before the fall, heard God's voice. They were in relationship with the Lord on an ongoing basis. There was no separation between them and God. But because of sin, the separation came in the relationship. And they were separated from God. The Bible tells us they hid themselves from the presence of God. They didn't want to be uh, connected with God. They wanted to be separated because of the sin that was in their life. They hid themselves from the presence of God. And not only that, but in the 24th verse of the third chapter, we see that God removed them from the garden and set up uh, a cherubim's and a flaming sword to keep the way of the tree of life. So, first of all, they were separated by their own sin. They didn't want to be in his presence. They were afraid to be in his presence. But then God actually removed them from the garden uh, and kept the way of the tree of life. So this represents the fact that there's a barrier on our side, you know, uh, between us and God, but also there's a, ge- a barrier on his side because... You know, he doesn't want sin in the garden. I'm talking about the garden here as symbolic of paradise or the presence of God. So there's a barrier, but thank God Jesus Christ made the way for the barrier to be removed. And we know that when Jesus hung on the cross, the Bible tells us that the veil of the temple was torn in two. Remember that? So when Jesus died on that cross, then the temple veil, the veil into the Holy of Holies was rent in two. Now the Holy of Holies represented the presence of God. So God was saying through that miraculous act that now, because of what Jesus did on the cross, whoosh, the way has been made for us to enter in uh, to the very presence of God. Hallelujah. So this is this is the exciting thing that we have now is we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's why, in John the 10th chapter, Jesus made the statement, I am the door. Uh, He also talks about how he's the good shepherd. In that verse, he uses two different pictures, two different analogies of himself. First of all, I'm the door. Then he says, I'm the good shepherd. He says, I'm the door of the sheepfold. Well, you see... He's the door that opens to us when we receive him as Lord and Savior so that we can come into the sheepfold, into the very presence of God and receive everything that he has. So this is really the foundation of everything we're going to say today. Because everything always goes back to the gospel. Remember that. Everything always goes back to the gospel. Any teaching uh, in the word of God, it always goes back to the gospel. If you if you have a teaching, uh, love your wives As Christ loved the church, it goes back to the gospel. If you have a teaching, uh, let no corrupt thing come out of your mouth, it goes back to the gospel. Because how can we live these things except by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ? So uh, the Father has made a way for us to enter into his presence and hear his voice in Jesus' name. Okay, next point. Hearing God's voice is foundational to successful ministry. Even Jesus continually operated in this. And uh, again, I'm going to mention a lot of scriptures, as I always do. And of course, we don't have time to look up every scripture, but we're, we're encouraging you to go back during the week and look up the scriptures in your own Bible, uh, read them and meditate them and think and pray about them too. And so here's one too. Be sure to look this up this week, John 5, 19 and 20 where Jesus said the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. In other words, he was living under the inspiration of the Father in all that he did. So when Jesus did those miracles, it was because he had a hotline to heaven. He was in contact with the Father by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, of course, we look at Jesus' life and and his ministry, and we think, oh, that's, that's different. Well, of course, he is different than us. He he's the the only begotten Son of God, you know. He is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. But yet in his earthly ministry, he didn't operate on that basis. The Bible tells us he emptied himself and he became a man, and we see that when he was baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist, that the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. And so from that point, then you begin to see the miracles. So we recognize that Jesus's ministry, his earthly ministry, functioned in the power of the Holy Spirit. The things that he did was because of the activity of the Holy Spirit in his life. And, you know, of course, the scripture said he was anointed without measure. He had the full measure of the anointing of God upon his life. And so uh, because of this, he was able to accomplish the things that he did. But in John chapter uh, 5 there, we see that he was dependent upon the Father, what the Father showed him by the Holy Spirit. That's what he did. Uh, the Bible tells us in John 16, 13, that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us and show us things to come. And our attitude should be, speak, for your servant is listening. First Samuel 3, 10, where, you know, Samuel, God was speaking to the little boy Samuel. And uh, that's a good word for the children today, to realize that he can speak to them. And of course, uh, Samuel thought that Eli the priest was speaking to him, and he he would go and say, well, what do you you want? And Eli told him, uh, the Lord's speaking to you. Just say this, son, just say, speak, for your servant is listening. That's a good attitude for us to have. So let's just say that together today. Speak, for your servant is listening. For your servant is listening. Amen. Okay, the second point is you must discern the voice of the Lord. Uh, Maturity is a major key in discerning God's voice. You must have your senses exercised to discern good and evil. You can read about that in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, where it says, Strong meat belongs to those who are of a full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. So we do learn as we go. We grow uh, in hearing and discerning the voice of God. Because, uh, you know, as I said, you know, the scripture tells us that there are many voices. So when it comes to hearing voices uh you know we can hear we can hear god's voice yes but we can also hear the wrong voice so we have to grow in maturity and develop in hearing and discerning what's god and what isn't you know uh there's uh there's the voice of god and then there's the voice okay. of the devil or demon yeah. demons which can speak and of course they can't speak from within us but they can from the outside they can try to influence and then of course there's the voice of you know, tradition, our society, or what we've been taught, or what we've been indoctrinated in, and so this is a process of growing to discern between good and evil. What is God really saying in this situation? And and so that this is the, you know, this is kind of a, how do I put this? This is like the balance we want you to be excited about hearing God's voice, but right away you're telling we're telling you also. Uh, be careful and uh, don't be fearful, but be careful and use wisdom and that's why we we love the group that you have working together, learning to hear the voice of God together you got your pastor there uh, you got your bibles there and one thing about it God will never speak to you contrary to his word he will never oppose his own word that's confusion only the devil would do that uh, the devil now the devil might take God's word and twist it. And so you have to be sensitive to that. But grow in the discernment of hearing God's voice. You know, when I first became a Christian, I had a miracle experience with God. Uh, when I was 27 years old, I heard the voice of God. And he spoke to me and said, turn from the things of the world. And I said, yes, Lord, I will. Now, that was so a powerful and so clear that I heard God speak. It was like he turned on a radio inside of me and and spoke to me and said, Turn from the things of the world. I said, Yes, Lord, and I surrendered my life to the Lord. And I made a commitment to give up my drugs and alcohol, which were the kind of the big areas of sin in my life. And uh God came upon me with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He forgave all my sins uh, he empowered me with the Holy Spirit, and then he began to speak, uh, many things. And they all agreed with the Word of God. Some of them I didn't know were in the Word at that time, but God spoke to me. And so I had a tremendous experience with the Lord, which included hearing His voice. And I'm, I'm just, uh, excited even today, even to think about it and talk about what happened that day. Uh, so, but I'm also thinking about, you know, a few a few months after I had this experience. and, Of course, I would hear God's voice from time to time. Uh, I went to a sale to buy some calves. What a mistake! Oh, here! I didn't know <laughs> Susan was in here. I was wondering what you guys were waving at. Uh. <laughs> For some reason, my Skype picture doesn't include me today. usually, I've got a little picture of me in the corner, so I would have known she was what she was up to but anyway um, so anyway, we went to the sale barn and we wanted to buy some calves and raise these calves. you know it's kind of a uh money making project and so I went and looked at the calves before the auction and and uh you know just kind of scoped them out and uh when the auction began, I was impressed I was impressed uh, about number 357. And so I had an impression, which I thought was from the Lord, that I should buy calf number uh, 357. And of course, uh, 357 was a scraggly looking uh, Calf, and I thought, well, I can buy this calf really cheap because God's given me inspiration, you know, to buy this calf, and he's going to be just fine. You know, so I bid on calf number 357. I don't remember how much I paid for him, but uh, 357 became my calf, and I took him home, and he promptly died. And then I uh, tried to raise the calf from the dead, and it didn't work. And so I (laughs) learned a lesson about hearing God's voice. Everything you hear is not necessarily the Lord. Now, I don't know if the devil tricked me or if I just saw that number and had that impression on my mind, because, you know, things can make an impression on your mind. But one way or another, in that particular case, I didn't discern the voice of God. Now, you know, uh, there's some things that can help you to distinguish and uh, we'll talk about those as we go forward. Um, Mental institutions are filled with people who think they are hearing God's voice. Listening to false voices can get you in a world of hurt. For example, now, fortune tellers, Ouija boards, the occult, these things operate by evil spirits. And sometimes Satan can confuse Christians and get them following all kinds of strange voices And and so we need to grow, we need to grow in discernment. We need to have wisdom in hearing God's voice and to discern. Uh, One time I met a woman that was, uh, she had come to one of our churches where I was pastor. And, uh, you know, she had gone through some of these experiences and had some negative experiences with hearing Uh -uh. voices. And it began to cause her mental torment and so... At that point, then she just stopped. You know, she wouldn't listen to anything because of what had happened in her life. You know, nothing was of God, and so she just shut down the voice of God because she didn't want to hear the voice of the devil. Well, uh, <coughs> she what she should do is grow in discernment of discerning what is God's voice and what are what are the wrong things. And as we say in the notes, there, there's entire denominations that have really done the same thing. For example, there are those that say, you know, God, God's word, the Bible is his finished revelation and there's no more hearing from God anymore. The only hearing from God is what we get through the Bible. But if we take out the idea of revelation, hearing God's voice from the Bible, then we would have no Bible because all of this came because somebody heard God's voice. Abraham, Heard God's voice. That's that's why we have the Abrahamic covenant. Moses heard God's voice. That's why we have uh, all the things that happened in Moses' life and the things that happened with Israel when he led them to the promised land. Uh, the prophets heard from God. Jesus heard from God. The prophets in the New Testament heard from God. So hearing from God is definitely a scriptural thing. Amen. And it's very, very important. Uh the phrase, the voice of the Lord is found, for example, forty eight times in Scripture. And in First Thessalonians five twenty it says, Despise not prophesying. So in some churches prophesying is, you know, forbidden. We don't want to hear any prophecies. We despise that. You you're just people talking, you know, it's not important. But the Bible says, how many want to follow the Bible? The Bible says, despise not prophesying. Amen. Okay, so what are some of the sources of other voices? I think we touched on this already, but the flesh. Uh, You know, your flesh wants to hear certain things. Certain things that maybe would coddle you or make it seem like it's okay to sin. Your flesh has its own idea of what it wants to hear. Uh, Your emotions can speak. Society speaks through advertising and media. Family and friends have a voice in your mind. And then there's what we call strongholds. Strongholds. Okay, now what's a stronghold? That's something that's in your mind that keeps you from hearing the voice of God and keeps you from walking in Christ and the freedom that he has for you. For example, uh, if you were raised in a home uh, that was very abusive ver- verbally let's say you're a mother or father or both. Uh, we're always criticizing you, tearing you down say you're a no God no good uh, rotten kid uh, you're never amount to anything. That tends to get into your mind and into your emotions and into your heart okay and that becomes a stronghold. so then you become a Christian and you see that hey i'm a new creature. I'm the righteousness of God. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. I have a bright future in Christ. God loves me. So can you see those two thoughts are contrary. What's the truth of God's word and the stronghold are contrary. So what do we need to do? We need to pull down the stronghold uh, so the word of God can take dominance in our life. And then, of course, another voice is the voice of Satan and demons. Uh, the devil can quote scripture and sound religious. We see that in Luke chapter 4, uh, verses 10 and 11, where uh, Satan quoted to Jesus, ninety-one eleven, He shall give his angels charge over thee, and told him to jump off the high pinnacle of the building, because God was going to take care of him. Well, Jesus saw the error of that. Yeah, it was scripture, but it wasn't from the mind of God. It, he was twisting scripture. And he was uh, trying to get Jesus to obey him rather than God. So, Jesus said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You're not supposed to jump off a building because God's going to watch over you. You know, that's talking about protection as you're going along the way and and something happens that you have no control over. God's angels will take care of you. Uh, You are called to test the spirits. You can read about that in 1 John chapter 4, 1 through 3. It says, "Test the spirits; don't don't uh, don't listen to every spirit. Don't listen to every prophet. Uh, test out the spirits of those that teach, that you're getting the true word of God." And I like the scripture in Job chapter 6, verse 30, where he says, "Is there iniquity in my tongue?" Cannot my taste discern perverse things? So this tells me that one of the areas that's important to us in hearing the voice of God is that we're not speaking perverse things, and we're not doing perverse things. In other words, we have a heart to do what God wants us to do uh, instead of what, uh, you know, our flesh wants to do. And so Job says, you know... Uh, you know, is there perversity in my tongue? If there's perversity in my tongue, if there's perversity in my life, if my attitudes are, you know, selfish, sinful, it's going to hinder me from hearing the voice of God because I'm going to want to hear what I want to hear. So it's very important that we have a pure heart in order to hear a pure word from God. Okay, God's word will help you to, to hear his voice clearly. As it said in Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve, the word of God is alive and powerful, and sharper than a two-edged sword, uh, dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, and the joints and the marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I think we got our visitor back again. There she is. This is for Diva. <laughs> this is how cold it is today. Aren't you oh. glad you're not here? Is it snowing there? What? Is What'd it snowing? Say? What'd you say, Pastor? Is it snowing there? Is what I'm asking. Oh no. No, it's just cold. Cold. <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> Next time you come, you'll have to come in in January. <laughs> 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 By the way, pray pray with us. We're praying about coming <clears> to <throat> to see you in uh, December. 2018. Wow. Wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, pray. Pray the yeah. Lord will make the way. Um, <clears throat> so we were talking about Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Uh, the word of God is quick and powerful, or alive and powerful, and sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing, dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, and the joints and the marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and <coughs> intents of the heart. So, you know, when we're talking about hearing God's voice, uh, God is a spirit, right? God is a spirit, and them that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So the way that God communicates with us is spirit to spirit. So inside of you, and I think we talked about this in some of the earlier, earlier lessons, we are a spirit. We have a soul, and we live in a body. And the spirit and the soul is our inward person, and <laughs> they're very closely related, but they're not exactly the same. The soul contains our our mental processes, you know, our our thoughts, our emotions. Uh, that's the soulish realm of our inner being. But then there's the spirit. The spirit of is our is our uh, heart, our innermost being, and that's where God speaks. God speaks to our heart. Okay. So but when we come when it comes to translating what God is saying and bringing it out in our understanding, well, the the soul is so closely related that it can mix up God's message. Amen. So in other words, you know, if you have a natural a feeling about something, it can interfere with hearing from God. So how how do you deal with that because they're so closely related? But here it says in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that the word of God discerns between the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the more that we absorb God's word, the more we can discern between what's really, you know, the heart of God, what he is speaking to us, and what our emotions are saying. Because, you know, our emotions can lead us astray. God made us to have emotions. He doesn't want you to become emotionless. He just wants your spirit to dominate over your emotions. Does that make sense? And as your spirit dominates over your emotions, then you begin to comprehend what God is saying and not be led astray by what your emotions are saying. And so I want you just to be praying about this, what I'm talking about right now this week. And ask God to give you further revelation understanding on that. Uh, the Word of God will produce stability. Following feelings will cause instability. You know, there's a lot of Christians that are uh, what we call it flaky. They're unstable. You know, they're they're listening. They want to hear from God. They want to follow God. But they're unstable. They're always going this way and this way. They don't have... They're not on a straight path. Why is that? It's because they're not on the Word. We need to get on the Word. And Jesus talked about that in uh, Matthew uh, seven twenty four uh, through 27. Uh, Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I uh, liken him to a man who built his house on the rock. So it's by hearing God's Word, getting into the Bible, and reading God's Bible reading God's word, and then putting it into practice in your life that you become stable and your house is built upon the rock. And then when you prophesy, you can prophesy with power. You can prophesy accurately. You can move with the Spirit accurately. You can be inspired with God and be sure that you're hearing what God is saying to you and to be able to help people greatly in that way too. In Jesus' name. Uh, Jesus made the statement in John 18, verse 37, Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So we need to have an honest heart to hear God's voice. Uh, We need to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to what he has to say. And That talks about Martha and Mary, and how Martha was making dinner, and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, and Martha said, Tell my sister to get out here and help me with dinner, right, Mrs. Benjamin? <laughs> Tell my sister to get out here and help me. Jesus said, "No, Mary has chosen the better part. You know, leave her alone. Let her, uh, let her do her thing. You know, don't worry about dinner." <laughs> so we need to sit at Jesus's feet and listen to what He has to say. How can we do that? By reading his word, scripture scripture references are given there in the notes. And uh, by the way, for those that might be watching by video, uh, all the notes for these lessons are on our website at uh, TomShanklin.org. And so you can go there and see that. Uh, reading the word, studying the word, meditating the word, and doing the word, doing the word. You know, I was thinking about that scripture that says, And I think we reference it here, uh, Second Timothy two fifteen, where Paul says to Timothy, "Study to show yourself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed." And I was thinking about that, how uh, Paul was talking to Timothy. And of course, we always use this, you know, that to study, you know, so you can rightly divide the word of truth. But the one thing I notice there is that he says, A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. In other words, we're not just to study, 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 so we have more Bible knowledge. You know, and, and then we can go around saying, Well, I have more Bible knowledge than you. You know, uh it's good to have Bible knowledge, but he says it's a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. So the purpose of the studying is so you can work for the Lord. Amen? It's so Amen. you can put into practice the things that you're learning, so that you can reach India with the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So you're studying not just to get more Bible knowledge here, but so that you can put it into practice in your life. All right, we're talking about how, uh, God's word will help you to hear his voice clearly. Uh, intimacy with the Lord, the testimony of Jesus, is the spirit of prof- prophecy. Uh, I think... Uh, as Pastor Deva said there when we were doing the quiz earlier, uh, waiting on God. Your closeness in your heart to the Lord will help you to hear His voice. Praise God. Tune your ears to the Word of God. A healthy devotional life is a great aid to hearing God's voice and staying in balance. The same goes for a healthy dose of God's Word in church and Bible studies. Establish a relationship with God's Word and you will begin to hear His voice. God will never guide you contrary to his word because his word is his will. You know, I heard the testimony of uh, a man named Terry Law and he's a minister from the United States and uh, years ago he ministered in the uh, Soviet Union. Of course, the Soviet Union's broken up now. But it was a very strong uh, communist country and, uh, you know, it just wasn't it wasn't normal to be able to go over there and preach the gospel. But Terry Law had a music group called Living Sound and uh, the people in Russia thought it was a rock band. So uh, they had they had engagements to go and to sing in various places. They went into nightclubs and they went into military facilities and they had many many open doors uh in, in the Soviet Union and God used them greatly because they would go and they would sing and then Terry would stand up and preach the gospel. And uh, many people were touched by the Lord through that ministry. But he talked about how they spent hours and hours traveling in the Soviet Union by train. And you know uh, uh, during those times rather than just sitting there and going numb Terry would open his Bible and would read and meditate scriptures. And he said it was during that time when he was spending so much time in God's Word uh, that the Word of God came alive in the the, uh, gifts of the Spirit. Came alive in his ministry. And he began to have supernatural things that God would show him in meetings. And God would use that uh, to grasp people's attention. Just as the testimonies that you shared uh, with me earlier about how you're hearing God's voice. You're You're getting pictures from the Lord, and they're being confirmed to one another, and so on. You're excited about that. Well, you see, this is how God gets people excited about him. One of the ways is through these gifts of the Spirit. And so he would go into meetings, and he would share things that God showed him, and and, uh, it would just amaze people. And in one case, he, he was sharing, and I don't know what the event was, but he had a vision or a picture, or a word of knowledge about some people that had been in a fist fight that day. And so he gave the word, you know, and, and uh, all these people in the meeting started getting nervous, and, and so they all came up for prayer and they repented, they had been in a fist fight that day. Well, it turns out, these were Bible students, and they had actually come to blows over a controversy about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So some of them said, yes, the gifts of the Spirit are for today. And the others said, no, that's passed away. That's not for today. And so they got so angry at one another over this controversy that they came to blows and got in a fist fight. And so, of course, God didn't like that very well. So he brought it to light through Terry's uh, word of knowledge. And they all repented. But it also confirmed that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. And it was a demonstration of that. Praise God. All right, the next section is uh, relationship and association with those who hear from God can help you hear from God. In other words, you, you get around people that flow in the gifts of the Spirit and it sort of rubs off. You know, the anointing is transferable. And so I pray that whatever God has given me is being transferred to you through these classes as well. But uh, I used to uh, men- have a mentor in my life uh, whose name was Bob Booth. He moved in the uh, word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, uh, very frequently and fluently. And I noticed whenever I got around with him, whenever I got, spent time with him, that those gifts would flow in me more too. So, uh, association can be really a great benefit. And that's why God has different ministers and ministries in the body of Christ we're not supposed to just have you know be influenced by one minister only there's others the primary minister in your life is your pastor because he's the one that has responsibility for your soul but God also wants you to have other ministries to have input into your life I and mean, this happens through relationship and association uh, which we're enjoying with you Uh In Hyderabad today, you know, we have a part of your ministry and you have a part of our ministry. So there's a a connection. We feel safe with one another, uh, you know, and and we're able to work together and to be a help. And so these associations are very, very important. And that's why God gave five ministers to the body of Christ. And I think we'll probably talk about that next week. Apostles, prophets evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Um, So, anyway, uh, association is very important. And uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says, As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the mature uh, sons of God. The sons of God. We need our own guidance system, but others may confirm. So the prophets in the New Testament were meant to confirm. You know, we each have the Holy Spirit to guide us. We can each hear his voice. And so we need to, um, you know, have that as a confirmation. Don't just listen to every prophecy and and run after it because, oh, he's a mature brother and he said I should go to Africa. Well, check it out with the Lord and see if you have peace down in your heart. But the other side of that is confirmation can be helpful, and the Bible teaches that in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14 verse 29 it says, "Let the let the prophets in the assembly. It's talking about there. Let the prophets speak uh, two or three, and let the others judge." So there again, there's a there's that area of sharing uh, with one another, judging the prophecy. Is this really from God, and so forth. And 2 Corinthians 13.1, uh, Paul makes a statement, Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every matter be established. And, of course, God is already doing that in your midst there in Hyderabad. You're getting the confirmation from two or three witnesses. All right, the next section here is praying in the Spirit will help you to hear his voice. And we talked about this already, how speaking in tongues seems to be the gateway gift to the other gifts of the Spirit. I mean, you can see that even in the area of tongues and interpretation of tongues, right? Because tongues comes, which is, you know, tongues doesn't come from your mind. When you speak in an unknown language, it's not coming from your mind. Remember we talked about the soul and the spirit? It's, it's, that's why the Bible calls it praying in the spirit. It's coming out of your heart. It's, it's speaking mysteries out of your heart. So it's, when you're speaking in tongues, you know, you're letting the spirit dominate, see? So, but then you interpret, that's the translation or the connection into the realm of understanding. How do you understand what God is saying? So there's a, there's that connection through tongues and interpretation. The tongues comes, that's the inspiration, the message that God's giving, but then the interpretation comes so you can understand it with your mind. So we see that tongues is a gateway gift, uh, to the other gifts. A man named uh, Dave Roberson, who's another minister from the United States, he's in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma now. Uh, he felt the call to God, call of God to ministry, and so he lived in Oregon at that time. He was a uh, logger or worked in the lumber industry, I think a sawmill, and uh, he felt called of God to go into full-time ministry. So he quit his job. Now I don't recommend that. But uh, in his case, that's how he felt God led him. So he quit his job and he got an office. He had an office where he could go and pray. So every day he'd go and he made a commitment to go to the office and pray every day. And he said, just like I went to the sawmill and worked eight eight hours a day, now I'm gonna go to my office and pray for eight hours. And so, of course, he went to his office and he began to pray and he, he prayed for his wife and his family and the community and the world. And he. After a while, he ran out of things to pray. So then he started to pray in the Spirit. And so he prayed in the Spirit for hours and hours and hours. And uh, he had no meetings. He had no church. He had no no ministry. But after a season like that where he prayed and prayed and prayed, uh, God gave him an opportunity to speak. And he spoke to a group of about six or seven people. And, uh, he didn't know how to preach, so he shared somebody else's testimony. And after he done, was done with the testimony, uh, God gave him a picture, uh, of one of the ladies that was sitting there. And what he saw was arthritis in her bones. He saw, it was like an x-ray picture <clears throat> into her hips. And he saw this arthritis. He says, Do you have arthritis and you have pain in your hips? And she said yes, and he prayed for her, and she was healed in Jesus' name. And that was the beginning of his ministry. So you see, tongues was like a gateway for him into his ministry and into the other gifts of the Spirit. Another man named uh, Kenneth Hagen, uh was praying. This would be back in the uh, 40s. And he was praying and seeking the Lord, and... Um, one day he was just led to just keep praying, just keep praying, just keep praying. He's praying in the spirit and in his office. He was a a pastor, I believe at the time. And he prayed and prayed and prayed. And all of a sudden he said he hit a gusher. That's how he described it. So it was like, uh it was like an artesian well sprung up spiritually out of him. And then the Lord began to speak to him. And, uh, this was during World War Two, uh, And uh, the Lord spoke to him that after the war would come a great healing revival, and the world would be touched through a tremendous healing revival. And, of course, then that came to pass. And so uh, a prophecy came forth, and he shared that in different places. So tongues can really be an avenue uh, to help you move into the gifts of the Spirit and to hearing God's voice. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, Praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Uh, Jude 20, <clears throat> one chapter there, Jude uh, verse 20, Building yourself up in your most holy faith, how? Praying in the Holy Spirit. And then we have revelation from God by praying in tongues. You can see that in 1 Corinthians fourteen, two and 4, that he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks mysteries. In other words, hidden things. Hidden things are coming out as you pray in other tongues. And uh, also, when you speak in tongues, pray that you may interpret. And I want to encourage you to continue to seek the Lord and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in speaking other tongues, because... Like Paul said, I would that you all speak in tongues. So I want you to all speak in tongues, okay? I want every one of you to speak in tongues, amen, so that you can have this gateway into more of the supernatural in your life. Okay, some of the ways that God communicates. First of all, visions uh, while in a trance. And you can read about this in Acts chapter 10. Verses nine through sixteen, where Peter uh, was getting ready for dinner, and the Bible said he was hungry, and it says he fell into a trance. Now, a trance is now you guys have been having visions; those are what I call mini visions. They're little pictures that God puts on your heart, you know, as you're praying. But a trance is a deeper experience. In a trance, your physical uh, senses are suspended and you're it's like you're in another world you're in the spirit world and that's what happened with Peter he was in a trance and then he saw you know that great sheet come down with all the animals and and the Spirit of God spoke to him and said Peter rise and eat and he says no Lord I've never eaten any unclean things Of course the Jews weren't supposed to eat all those animals and uh, but the God was showing him through that that he was going to move into the Gentiles because that, that was a picture of the Gentiles. They were considered unclean and God was sending uh, Peter at that time to the Gentiles. So it was a vision. And you see, <clears throat> sometimes God uses things like that uh, when the need is great. You know, that's not the normal way of receiving guidance. You know, you're you 're not going to have uh, fall into a trance every day of your life uh, you know some people maybe be more than others because they 're prophet types or whatever but you know i, I don 't know i don 't know if Peter had any other visions to that degree or you know where it was a trance normally you 're led by your spirit by the guidance in your inside of you by the Holy Spirit but this was supernatural because you have to understand. This was a real cultural shift for Peter to start preaching to these Gentiles. He was raised a Jew. Everything in his life was uh, taught. he was taught, he was brainwashed to believe that, you know, don't touch a Gentile, don't be around a Gentile, don't eat dinner with a Gentile, don't talk to a Gentile. But yet God was sending him to the Gentiles, so he had to have this dramatic experience. And so he, had, he was in a trance, and God used that to speak to him. Uh, God will speak through dreams, Acts chapter 16 verse 9. <clears throat> it's the story of how Paul and, uh, and how Paul was traveling with his company and uh, they were going from place to place and they, they just kept trying to preach the gospel. And uh, the Bible tells us that the Spirit forbade them uh, to speak in Asia. You know, <clears throat> in other words, they were having a check in their spirit about preaching in Asia. Now that Asia is not the Asia mm-hmm. where you guys live; it's a place called Asia Minor, which would be like where Turkey is and stuff like that. But they, you know, they were doing what Jesus said, which is to go into all the world. But yet the spirit was saying, "No, that's not where I want you." That's no, that's not. They, they try to go another place. No, that's not where I want you. So they knew that. something wasn't quite right, but they didn't know where to go. So that night Paul fell asleep and he had a dream. And a man from Macedonia said, come and help us. And so then they they assuredly gathered, the Bible said, that God had called them to uh, Macedonia, which was in Europe. See, that's how the gospel went into Europe. So God led them into Europe by a dream. You see how significant that is, how the guidance of the Holy Spirit, hearing God's voice, can be so powerful and so significant. You know, God knows where people are ready in India. He knows which states are ready and where people are hungry and where, where you can be most effective. And so just let him guide you as he sees fit. Don't seek these spectacular methods of guidance. Just keep your heart right with God. But there will be times that God can give supernatural revelation and guidance and lead you in this way. You know, that's a, These two examples I, I've given are so significant in the growth of Christianity. You know, that how, uh, how Peter began to preach to Cornelius. And so the gospel began to go to uh, Gentiles. And then how Paul was led to take the gospel into Europe. And of course then Europe became a, you know a strong place for Christianity and history and so on. Uh, also, God guides through many visions, our inward pictures, which you've already been experiencing. Uh, he guides by the inward witness. Now the inward witness is a little different. I call it a stop and go light. And that's very, very important. When and that's see, that's what Paul had, Paul and his group had when it said the the Spirit forbade them. It was like the Spirit was saying, No, no. It, you know, it was a stoplight. And so the inward witness is when you know, yes, this is right or no, not right. And sometimes God will be speaking to you about doing something, but yet You've got to check in your spirit. Most often that means it's not the time yet. Okay? He's talking to you about it, but it's future. So you got to wait till you have the peace down on the inside in your heart. Alright? And also, it's a check and balance for hearing voices. Because if you hear a voice that says, yes, I've called you to go to, uh, um, Afghanistan and you know it seems thrilling you're hearing this voice but down inside you've got this uh, uh, no you know you just know <laughs> down on the inside no uh, that's not right and you know what's what's interesting here is you have to learn the difference between your heart your inward man and your outward man because sometimes God will lead you into a situation that outwardly you're nervous about but inwardly down deep inside you've got peace okay because see your flesh is can get nervous (laughs) an example of that in my own life was when we went into full-time ministry Uh, I was working on a uh, I was working for a newspaper I had a secular job and we started a church in our community and so my boss, the man that owned the newspaper, uh, when he saw that we had started a church, uh, he gave me an ultimatum. He says, well, you can be the pastor of that church, or you can be the editor of this newspaper, but you can't be both. And so I really had a choice to either go on with God in the ministry or to uh, stop being pastor of the church. And, uh, continue with my job. Well, I needed the job. I mean, I needed the money. I had three kids to support. You know, I had to feed them and the church was not bringing in hardly any money at all. Uh, but we prayed about it and down on the inside, my wife and I had peace about it to leave my job and to become a minister of the gospel full time. Outside, I was nervous. I was nervous, because how am I going to feed these kids? But you know, the Lord made a way. So see, sometimes God will lead you, when you talk about the inward witness, it's down on the inside, down in your heart, you have peace. But that doesn't mean you're not going to be nervous outwardly. Okay, You've got you to put that under. You've got to put the flesh under, right? And follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And again, this is part of maturity and growing in Christ. Okay, he also leads by the what we call the still small voice, we can read about that, how God spoke to Elijah uh, by the still small voice. Uh, they, you know, it, there came an earthquake and then there came great wind and the Bible said that God was not in the earthquake, God was not in the wind, but then came a still small voice. And so then very often God quietly speaks to us, quietly speaks down in our heart. And then there's the authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit. It's a stronger voice. And uh, that's when the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks uh, directly to us. And uh, An <clears throat> example of that is in uh, Acts chapter uh, 10, verses 19 and 20. Uh, we've just talked about the vision that God uh, gave uh, Peter. And then after that it says the Spirit told him to go with the three men that came. Before he knew that they were there in the natural, God says they're here, go with them. And so that was the authoritative voice voice of the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, God speaks through the alignment of circumstance. Sometimes circumstance can be involved to a degree in God's guidance. Like in that case, God had spoken to Peter. And said these guys are here, and of course then they were there, so there 's an alignment you see of circumstance you can you can count on the fact that God's moving because he spoke to Cornelius and he sent these men, he spoke to Peter, get ready, and go with these guys, so there's an alignment of circumstance, uh, but you can't totally go by circumstance you can't you can't be guided entirely by circumstance, or you can easily miss it because Satan can work many times in the circumstance. Uh, In other words, uh, for example, with your church, you might say, well, there's only X number of people coming to our church. You know, I don't know. I think we should kind of back off and do something else. Well, what's God saying? You know, you you have to be led by the Holy Spirit, not by circumstances. And, And so, but sometimes God can work through the circumstance to confirm. So uh, I hope that makes sense and, and brings some balance. Okay. The next thing that we said there is share some of the ways that God has spoken to you. You've already done that with me today. And uh, we thank God for what He's doing in your midst there. So uh, I guess I've already talked about this. Beware of following circumstances alone or following fleeces. In the Old Testament, we see, you know, that Gideon put out a fleece. And so many times Christians see that and they say, well, I think I'll put out a fleece. Which is, you know, you put out some uh, kind of deal with God where he if he does something, then you'll do it. You know, you'll do what uh, what you think he should want you to do. For example, I, uh, one minister said, told the Lord, if I get 100 percent vote from this church, I'll know that you're sending me there. Well, they got the 100% vote, but it wasn't where he belonged. <laughs> because you've got to realize we need to be led by the Spirit on the inside. We we really, we have a higher level of guidance than Gideon ever did. You see what I'm saying? Gideon was used of God, thank God for his obedience. But as New Testament Christians, we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we don't have to put out fleeces in order to be guided by the Lord. Uh, We can be guided by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Wait on the Lord for confirmation before acting on major decisions. Satan can counterfeit. You are safer to start with general revelation. It's more or less a confirmation or inspiration concerning what is already in the Word. But when it comes to special revelations as guidance, you should go to such and such a place and minister you need to be more careful. Now I'm not telling you to be fearful. I'm not telling you to never never have supernatural guidance. You need to. Amen. I'm just giving you the other side of it. Because I believe this will help you. You know, because you know for a lot of us this is a, a long path learning how to do this. And so I hope we're imparting something to you that'll help you to avoid some of the pitfalls. And become effective in hearing God's voice more quickly. And to keep you from making some of the mistakes that are hurtful in this. Uh, look for two or three witnesses. The witness may be a vision or the word that you receive. Now, I remember Dr. Benjamin comes to mind here, talking about two or three witnesses. Uh, we would go to a village And he would pray, you know, he's a man of prayer and a man that had a devotional life. And uh, very often I would see that he would be guided by a scripture. There would be a scripture from the word of God that would speak to him about a particular village or a particular area of ministry. And, you know, he knew that God was speaking to him through that particular scripture. That's what I mean, through two or three witnesses. And you guys, your men and women of God, uh, you have a heritage, you have a destiny to fulfill, just as he did, and just as I do, and just as, uh, as Pastor Diva does, we all have a mission in life to fulfill. And so we need to grow in hearing God's voice, and we need to be mature and developed. So it may be uh, a vision or a word that you receive, The inward witness. And this is, I think we touched on this, how the word that we hear needs to match up with the inward witness. Okay? And then also, agreement from other mature believers. Proceed with caution, use wisdom, but do not fear. Trust God to speak to you, just as he said he would. There's nothing wrong with waiting on the Lord till you're sure you're hearing from God. You know, it's better to be uh, behind the Lord a little bit than ahead of him. You get out ahead of him, you can't, you can't be guided. So wait on the Lord. Okay? Testimony. Jackie Pullinger. I love the story of Jackie Pullinger, missionary to Hong Kong, who bought a one-way ticket to China from the guidance that the Lord gave her. Now, all the circumstances were against her. There was no missions organization that would back her up. Most people said she was crazy for going. But there was one pastor who she trusted that said, Jackie, if Jesus is speaking to you, you need to obey. <laughs> and so based on that and the, and the conviction deep in her heart that she was following God, she bought a one-way ticket to Hong Kong. And she has had a tremendous ministry as a result. So, I hope you're getting the balance in all this. Okay, and then you must act upon the voice of the Lord. When you know that God is speaking, put it into action. Hebrews 3, verse 15 says, If you hear His voice, harden not your hearts. So, we can't harden our our hearts. We have to be open to the Lord and to His guidance. James chapter 1, verse 22, Be not only hearers, but doers of the word. Uh, Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. Be sure to look that one up. How Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And they heard the voice of the Lord, Who shall go for us, and who shall we send? And Isaiah said, Here I am, Lord. Send me. So he followed God's guidance. And you know, it's not always easy. Isaiah spoke to a people who were hard, hard-hearted, uh, who resisted what he said, but God wanted to extend his mercy to that people so they would have a choice uh, to follow him. Uh, Peter hears his voice and obeys. That's, we talked about that, how he went to Cornelius' house and preached the gospel. Such a significant event. Uh, the church at Antioch, which we have preached to you about in your church. We've been in your church and, and preached to you about Antioch. Because you are destined and called to be a missionary sending church like Antioch and uh, <clears throat> the church at Antioch hears God's voice and sends out Saul and Barnabas uh, for the work whereunto I have called them. this very significant event that I call that the prayer the prayer meeting that changed the world Acts 13. so be sure to read that. and then Paul and his team led by God into Europe as we mentioned already Acts chapter 16 6 through. 6 through 9. All of these events are extremely significant instances of God's guidance which which resulted in tremendous advance for the church and the kingdom of God. Likewise, if you will listen to God, you will see tremendous results for the kingdom of God. And you know, I really feel the spirit of God on this lesson today. uh, That this is very, very significant. Uh, for your ministry and for your church. That God has given you some keys, you know, it's not going to all come at once. But God giving is giving you some keys to develop your capacity to hear his voice so he can lead you. He knows Lord the Lord knows how uh, to reach India. He knows how to reach the tribes. He knows how to accomplish things that manly wisdom could never accomplish. And so as you grow in hearing God's voice, your ministry is going to grow, and you're going to be very, very effective more and more in reaching people for Jesus Christ. So today, your practical exercise is to pray for another person with a need in your life. Take time to pray in the Spirit and wait upon God. Share what you receive with humility and ask the person if what you have shared relates to their situation. so very much like we've been doing the last few times pray for one another uh, allow the gifts of the spirit to flow through your prayers and uh, just develop your capacity to minister to to others and I want to encourage you to begin to take this outside the classroom too in your daily life. you know many times when you meet people they have great needs. And, uh, you know, you don't know in the natural what they're going through, but the Holy Spirit knows. And so as you're sensitive and you talk to people, allow those gifts of the Holy Spirit to move. Many times, you know, if you talk to someone, you could just say, well, can I pray for you? Or maybe they're talking about a need in their life or maybe they're not, but would it be okay if I pray for you? And, you know, maybe you're out in public, you don't need to make a big demonstration, you know, you don't need to... Lay two hands on them. Oh, I say to the Lord. You know, but you could just gently, you know, just put your hand on their shoulder and just pray quietly. And God could give you a word for them that would change their lives. And I'll tell you what I found, that when we pray for people, their hearts open. And then they're receptive to receive the gospel and to receive what you have to share. So uh, I want you to start taking what you're hearing in these classes more and more out uh, where the people are. And I also want to encourage you, don't forget about the things that we've learned before, uh, which are sharing your testimony, sharing the gospel with others. Uh, you may need to take time to have a refresher on uh, how to lead someone in a prayer of salvation. Pastor Deva, uh, if not today, sometime take the class through that again, going over how do you how do you pray, how do you lead someone in a prayer, based on Romans 10, 9 and 10, to receive Christ into their hearts. Uh, that We don't want to lose the things that we've already learned in these classes. And the other thing is the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Continue to seek the Lord. I think you've all asked Him. I don't know how many of you have spoken other languages yet, but I want you to thank Him that you have received and confess that you will and begin to just... Just step out. It may be together, or it may be in your alone prayer time. It doesn't matter. Now, like with me, uh, my wife and I were together and sitting in the pickup truck, and I began to speak in other tongues. So uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter where it is. Just do it. Praise God! It'll bless your life. Amen. Your homework is to look up all the scriptures in this lesson and meditate on them. Pray in the spirit and wait upon God as you read. And write down what the Lord shows you from the Word of God, especially how to apply the Word in your life and ministry. So use these lessons as a study guide, uh, as uh, part of your devotional life during this week. And I'm expecting great things through your lives and through your ministries. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the time we've had together to study your Word concerning hearing your voice. I pray that you would take the things that I said, and Lord, even go beyond and continue to teach these students in the word of God. You said, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I thank you for this, Father God. I thank you that we're all growing in your word and in hearing your voice. I speak your blessing upon your people. I speak your blessing upon this church in Hyderabad. I thank you that they will fulfill their destiny and they will reach the world for you. I thank you, Lord, uh, Lord, for also for the ministry uh, that they work with, uh, Calvary Commission India, that Calvary Commission India will touch the world for Jesus Christ. And the best is yet to come. And so we just speak a release of the anointing of the power of God into this church and into this ministry and into these people. And I thank you for their destiny. I thank you for the ministers that are represented here. Uh, Five-fold ministry gifts that are here that you're cultivating and developing for the future. We thank you, Lord. The best is yet to come, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And just one word before we go from William Carey, the man who brought the gospel to your nation years ago. He said, the future is bright, is as bright as the promises of God. The future is as bright as the promises of God. So go with God. It's been great to be with you. I look forward to uh, next week. And uh, we just bless you guys.